so good to be with you, and I always carry you right here in my heart. What's some readings? Boy, some powerful readings this evening. You know, in the second reading and the gospel reading alone, the word love is mentioned 18 times. 18 times. I suppose you could call it a litany of love. We like to sing litanies, right? Litanies of the saints, all kinds of things. Well, this is a litany of love. And how does this litany go? Love is the end and it is the means of all life. The heavenly father is love because he created us. The son is love because he gave his life for us in order that we might be reconciled to the father. The Holy Spirit is love because he gives us the means by which we can now live a life of love. God's word is his love letter to us and the church is God's gift of love to us. Love has always been God's one and only desire for us. Love is the language he speaks. Love God, love others, love self, love the environment. Love rules and it rules supremely in the heavenly city to which you and I are destined to go. Love is literally the breath of life. Love is the glue that holds the universe together. So it is blatantly obvious that love is everything. Love is everything. Now, if love is our calling, and that's totally obvious, what does love look like? That's the big question today. Uh, after all, there are so many different definitions of what love is. All you have to do is look at the bumper stickers or uh, on bulletin boards as you're driving by. See, love can be, you can see stickers that say love is defined as lending a helping hand or eating a White Castle hamburger. It could be that too, you know. What do they say? Satisfy your craving, right? Satisfy your craving. But here's the reality of the situation. The only way, the only way to know what love is is to go to the source of love itself, which is God. See, God is the definition of love. What did we hear John say? God is love. Love is God. So I suppose in that sense, you could call the following tenets a treatise on the love of God, what love is really all about. Tenet number one, God is a being who at all levels is love at its purest. It is love at its purest. See, sometimes people think of God as a feeling. If I don't feel God, he's not there. That is not true. God is always there. He's not a feeling. He's infinitely greater than any feeling that we can have. Uh, but God is a being. He is a being, and he is the greatest of all. He is the ultimate. Now, I want you to do something. Think of, the, think of the most loving person that you know in this world today. Think of who that person is. They, you, they are the most loving person in the world. Let me ask you, do you love being around loving people? Well, of course you do. So what I want you to do now is multiply the love of that person that you have about a zillion times and you have God. That's the image of God. 
uh, I would say infinite number of times, but we, we can't even begin to grasp a zillion number of times. See, love is God's total essence. It is who he is through and through. Uh, I had an epiphany just a couple of weeks ago, and I, I still am just feeling the after effects of this. But I got a, I got a portrait of a picture of God as father with the dove as the Holy Spirit by him, and God handing down the Holy Spirit to his people. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was looking for it. I don't know what it was. But when I looked at that picture of God, I saw God in a new light. I mean, it, it was amazing. It was like, a, uh, I'm still living the dream. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm still feeling the, the joy of looking at him and saying, that's the essence of the Father. He's just love. He, you know, he's just love. He's full of love. And uh, that's one of those moments I'll never forget because my image of God, my perspective of God went up about a million points at that time. Uh, the second tenet is this. As God's children, we are called to love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as well as others, ourselves, and all of creation. Now, what did Jesus say? He said, how will they recognize that you are my disciples? How will they know that? He says, you will know these disciples by their love. Not by what they say so much, but what they do. By how they love God and how they love one another. See, it's God's love that is the example. And it is love that is the only metric that you need to gauge what love is. You know, we look for all kinds of ways to assess things today. But the only gauge you need is to see, does that person love? Do they really love the third thing is that the standard of love is defined in God's word and it is preserved through the church. Once again, and I've read the Bible a little bit, God's word is his love letter to us. That's, when I read his word, that's the way I look at it. It is his love letter because he loves us. And see, what God is doing, he's making himself known to us. Think where we would be without the Holy Scriptures. See, God makes a decision, a, a, a willful decision that I am going to make myself known. I am going to reveal myself, who I am, my character and nature, and I'm going to do that through the Word of God. Even Paul talks about that. He says, you know what, it, it's a no-brainer. You can just look up into the heavens at night and realize there's a God. That, that's a no-brainer kind of thing you know people can do that no matter where they are if they never can speak have never read a word but it's in the scripture that God reveals himself and he makes himself known to us it is his love letter to us and it is through his word through his example especially through the life of Jesus that we understand what love is this is love now, our culture today being so individualistic, we like to have our own definitions of this is love. And I see that on bumper stickers too. But when it comes to the authority of love, it's in the scripture. It's in the scripture. And it's not something that's subject to another person's whim or, or 
what they think is good. No, it's what God says. See, God's word, there's an absolute element to it that you can't tear out and tear it away. And God has chosen to reveal himself to us in order that we can live a life of love. That's why studying the scriptures is so important. How could you know how to live if you don't know? You know, that's the way. The fourth thing is that we have been equipped in every way to love. As I heard the, the, scripture, the uh, prayer tonight, the, talking about the joy of this season. Boy, this is the season of joy. And it, we're getting ready to hit some really high points here in the next couple of weeks as we go into the ascension and into Pentecost. Because here's the point. God says to love as I have loved. But he, say, he also says, I'm going to give you the ability to do it. Uh, it's not like I'm going to throw you out there and not give you the resources that you need to do it. See, that's the, that's the challenge. God has given us everything. He's given us everything we need in order to grow in him. For example, we have the sacrifice of Jesus, which is God in the flesh, on the cross. We have the receiving of the Holy Spirit, which is God in the Spirit, right? Giving us his Spirit to empower us to live a holy life. God gives us the sacraments. He gives us his word. He gives us the graces of the church. And he gives us even a heavenly home when we depart from this world. That's pretty substantial, you know? We've been given everything. We're equipped to do everything that we need that's inspiring to me so i'm sure that by now some of you are thinking this well excuse me father dave but this isn't the world that i live in uh, which planet are you talking about that god does these things that god's living in see your picture and my picture don't add up well in many cases i see today the existence of god being denied in the world not being affirmed, and what about the hate, the animosity and the misery, human mystery that abounds? How can you say such good things? I'm confused. Well, I have to go to the final tenet in the treatise on love, which gives us the perspective. Here's the key. Here's the perspective that we need to answer this all-important question of how do we make sense out of love in a world that is often not loving. How do we do it? And it also answers, this tenet also answers the ultimate question. I mean, there is the ultimate question, right? And that is, where will we spend eternity? Will we spend it in heaven or will we spend it in hell? You know, there is a hell. I hate to tell you that, but there is. Which one are we going to spend our eternity in? Well, the answer lies with the one gift that God has given every human being. God gives us breath, he gives us the sun, he gives us our bodies, he gives us everything. There's one thing that he gives us that is ours. It's ours. And he doesn't try to control it. Do you know what it is? It's the freedom to make a choice. It's the freedom of choice. God holds that sacred. And God allows many things to take place in this world in order that you have the freedom to choose. Because if you don't have the ability to choose, you're nothing more than a robot. 
You're a computer chip. That's what you are. Your mind and your heart's just sort of a, a bunch of ones and zeros, and when this happens, well, then you do this. That's not love. See, nobody can make you love them. I can't make you love me. You can't make me love you. It is a choice. It is a willing choice that has to take place. Here's the challenge, though. If everybody's been given the ability to make choices, there's going to be those times when we choose to love, and there's going to be those times when we choose to not love. There's, the, there's where the rub comes in. See, both of these are an act of the will, which is at the very heart of what love is all about, and each has their own set of outcomes. Now listen to a, a situation and then two different outcomes and see if you can see how it would be a loving thing and how it would be a negative thing, a bad thing. I don't like what so-and-so said about me. They're going to pay big. I'm going to make them hurt. Or I'm going to forgive them. There's two choices, isn't it? Which one's going to, how's, how the outcome? Here's another one. You know, I've sacrificed in order to help those with greater needs than my own. So I got a roll of quarters I put in that plate back there. Or I may just hold on to those quarters and go out and blow my money on something I want but I don't really need. Choice, right? Here's another one. I will remain chaste until I marry or I'll have an abortion when I get pregnant choice, isn't it? I mean, not just that it only affects you, but it affects so many other people. Uh, here's another one. I'm going to speak kindly to someone, to so-and-so, or I'm going to see with anger every time I see them. I'm going to give them a hateful look. Here's another one. I have feelings for so-and-so person. I will maintain healthy boundaries since I'm married, or I'll have an affair. Two different outcomes, right? See, it's your choice. Now, does God have anything to do with that? E even in the prayer that we pray, Jesus says God doesn't even cause us to, doesn't even tempt us, let alone causes us to sin. You know, that's something we do on our own. We, we don't need God's help in that. A uh, couple more. I will look at degrading pornography, or I will maintain a pure heart. Do you see the outcomes, how they're different? Here's one. I'm so glad I made the effort to get up and go receive the Eucharist today, or I'm just too busy and I'm too tired. How true. How true that the choices we make have a tremendous impact. We wonder why the world's in the shape that it's in today. We wonder, well, here, we, the, the choices that we make have a tremendous impact in our lives and in, in the lives of others. That is why we must wholly, fully, and completely rely upon God as our guide. Why? Because he loves us with an everlasting love. He wants only the best for you. I want to do what's only the best for me. And here's God saying, I want only the best for you. A um, couple of thoughts for reflection this evening. To be love, 
you have to grow in love. Love is a process. It doesn't, saints will tell you that. You don't, you don't become love in a, in a, by going, you know, being confirmed. That's just the beginning of a process. You have to grow in love. What do you choose today? Do you choose to be love or do you choose to not be love? See, it's your choice. And the second thing is this. How earnest are you in your desire to love God above everything else? How, how earnest is that? God bless all of you. Choose love because it is the absolute very best for you and everyone else around you.